0: Dude. Yeah, you told with, me how much with, of a hassle. Oh was. my god! Yeah, that's why. Yeah, when so you said, you're not you're
1: not gonna have to do that with this one. That's definitely okay. not gonna happen. Okay, good because if that I happens, literally.
0: Guess how long it took me to edit that? Did yeah, you said you, it
1: took you like six hours, dude. Bro. Ten hours. Oh my gosh! Not a, not a chance. I would have done that. I would have said sorry, peeps, but it's not
0: happening. I, trust me. I wish it's I, not happening. I wish. It's not I, happening. I don't know. I was I was uh, I was crunched for time and. And everyone was looking forward to that episode and so I had to do it I had to do it um yeah. well you're, anyways, you're a good dude I thank guess I'm you. thank you for uh hopping on here with me and and doing this um yeah. those of you that are listening right now Joey Joey and I met at a mastermind that we both signed up for hosted by Chris and Lori Harder uh to just help grow our businesses and just kind of see the behind the scenes on how, how they do it and start incorporating that into our own business and 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 just learn and grow and, and network and all those good things and <laughs> I remember like knowing who you were for the very first time Chris was I don't remember exactly but I, I remember Chris having a conversation about how you reached out to him do you remember that yeah 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 and- I remember that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> and he just slips in like yeah and joey spears is 20 years old and i'm like wait back up bro joey spears is 20 years old and after hearing just baby. Like your whole story i was like dude what the hell i didn't even know who i was what left from right was what up and down was at 20 years old um that's just kind of mind-blowing so, it's just how just how they raise us up north, man. That's how you do it. Yeah, where where are you where are you from? For for everyone listening right now, where, from where you Midhurst
1: <laughs> on Midhurst, Ontario, a place where the power goes out on sunny days, as that just happened to Zach and I. As we were trying to set this up, so um, <laughs> oh, no man. nobody listening, nobody listening to this is gonna know where I'm from, but that's okay. Um, I like it that way. It's yeah. uh, it's a it's a cool little small town, and and yeah, that's that's where I'm from. So we're sitting right now. Some people call it MIDI a little from Midi, Ontario, but yeah, that's where we're at. What's uh what's the population
0: there? <laughs> it uh, I think it's like 20,
1: 2150, 2150. 2100. Yeah. 2150 or something, something like that. But
0: yeah. So yeah. So Joey and I met at at this mastermind, Um, you know, at 20 years old, I feel like, I feel like that, like when people hear that, it's, it can be intimidating for people because they tend to reflect on their own lives. And they're like, wow, like, just like me, I was like, man, I didn't know where I was at 20. Um, You know, I, I think when, I talk to a lot of people, they, you know, I still get like, I'm young. I'm 26. I'm about to turn 27. And even the things that I accomplish, people are like, wow, like, you know, you're young to accomplish these things, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Um, But then when you meet someone even younger, it's like, wow. Like, I feel like everyone is getting younger and accomplishing like such amazing things at such young ages, which is like insane. But I guess my question to you is, like, why? Like, why do you think you are so ahead of the game? Like, what was it that like is obviously, you okay, know, this is going to be,
1: this <laughs> is going to be answer. like, this is a tough, this is a tough thing for me to answer. I was actually having a conversation with someone about this the other day and they asked me the same question. And my answer was simple. And I, I said, I'm not. Hmm. And like, what do you mean? You're not, you're 20. Like you're so well accomplished. And I was like, but I'm not. And I think the reason, the only reason why I've accomplished anything and the only reason why I, I think I'm going to continue to accomplish something or anything is, is not because of what I've accomplished and what's behind me, but it's like, it's what's ahead. Like I, I still, I still see myself as a tiny little fish in a big pond, like for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, even in the mastermind group, like I'm, I'm obviously the youngest person. I'm probably the youngest person by at least five years, I would assume, Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, yeah, like people are like, oh, you're so accomplished for your age. But I'm like, but I'm not because I've just always kind of considered myself to be running in these, in these circles with people who are doing really cool stuff. And so I've always felt like a small fish. Um, and so it's just a, it's just a perspective thing, right? Like I, yeah. when I said this to the guy I was talking to about this, he was like, oh, come on, bro. Like, you can't say that. I'm like, I can totally say that. I was like, the people who I'm surrounding myself with are like, Lots of them are making millions or they're maybe it's not even a financial thing, but they're just doing incredibly cool things or they're super joyful people. And like, yeah, I've still got a lot to learn. I've still got a lot to do. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I just I don't. And it's kind of a funny answer. I, I don't see myself as someone who's super successful. Mm-hmm. Um, I see myself as someone who is super joyful and and has a ton of fun with what I'm doing. And I'm, I'm very thankful for it, but I, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily say that I like see myself in this limelight of like, wow, I've accomplished so much. Like, right. I feel like everything I'm doing, I'm still like 10 steps behind because everybody I'm running with is like, so much better than me. Um, and I, I pray that that never changes. I never want to be somebody who's leading something. Um, not because I'm scared of that, but because as soon as I'm the front runner, I know I did something wrong. Um, I'm surrounding myself with the wrong people. So if that makes any sense.
0: Yeah, no, it does. I think you are like the prime example of what it means to put yourself in proximity with like incredible amazing people because it just keeps you hungry all the time you know when I when I was a lot younger and was kind of lost I wasn't around the right people I wasn't around people that were that were hungry to achieve I felt very alone and so I actually felt like there was something wrong with me because I was just with the wrong people if that makes sense Mm. Mm-hmm. um yeah like that's the other thing too right people are always
1: like oh man like don't you feel really alone on this entrepreneurial journey and i'm like no man like i i freaking love it one i'm a super extroverted guy so <laughs> i mean that plays in my favor i'm i'm i fuel off people so i'm often surrounding myself and with people but um yeah it's I actually made it. I uh, shout out to my my uh, my Instagram. Um, I made a video that I'm going to be posting today. It's on that. It's yeah. on like the only the only reason why I've ever been able to accomplish anything, and the only reason why I've ever learned anything. And this is something we could totally dive into later on or or not. But I started a podcast. Um, it hasn't launched yet. It's coming out, but the first episode is all about this. Like I was a, I was, I was basically deemed incapable by the education system here in Canada, um, Mm -hmm. based on, I have like government issued learning disabilities. I'm, I have a terrible processing speed. Like I have all these things that always told me that I couldn't do it um, wow. because, because of what I have, you know, I'm incapable. So, because he has this or because he has this ADHD, he's not going to be able to do this, this and this and this. So, I just had to find a, another way to learn. And it wasn't that I wasn't capable of learning the way that we're raised here in Canada. And it's going to be very similar to have the school system in America. But it's just the school system wasn't cut to find the value in me so mm. i had to find another way to learn and and i am uh, the way i learned best and something that i've learned and i'm thankful that i learned this at a, at a younger age is i just learn by surrounding myself with people who are already doing what i want to do and i just mm. end up doing it because you know you just learn from them and it's proximity to power just like you're saying right and that's something that I would probably say my biggest skill is, and and again, that's it's it's not necessarily a natural thing. Obviously, I was naturally born extroverted, but um, yeah, I've had to work hard at learning how to network with people properly and learning how to present myself as value based when I'm when I'm asking someone to, you know, bring me under their wing and bring me into their life. But mm-hmm. that has that's really what has like moved the needle more than anything for me. Um, yeah. And so I think, yeah, like that's pretty much the answer when people are, you know, if people go, okay, well, I'm not going to take your answer. If, you know, when people say, oh, well, you're so successful at such a young age. And I go, well, I'm not. If they don't, if they don't, if they're not okay with that answer and they need something else, I say, well, yeah, it's because I, I'm very passionate about proximity to power. Right. I find out what I want to do. I'm very clear on what I want to do and I find who's doing it and I just insert myself into their life and do whatever I have to do to do that. And right. that's like the whole reason why we even met um, mm-hmm. because the only reason I'm in this mastermind is because I saw, I saw, you know, Chris Harder, but I was like, when I'm 25, I want to be doing what Chris Harder is doing. So how can I get involved with him in a way that's, you know, not just me, um, you know, it's going to be a two way street, something where I can give him value, something where he can give me value and we can grow together. So... There's obviously, it's a much bigger picture than that. And there's a lot more that goes into that. And, you know, networking can be a scary thing for people. But yeah, Yeah. that's kind of, I guess that's the the real answer to why I've been able to, I guess, accomplish anything.
0: Yeah, I love that. I think networking is like, first of all, networking, just that word, I think intimidates a lot of people especially mm, especially yeah, for totally. me when I started because I'm the opposite of you I'm I'm introverted at heart so it took me a long time to like figure out how to even get past the hurdle of networking because it was just kind of daunting to me but I just tell people that that struggle with it is you know just think of it as making friends like how do you make friends you just you know you hang out you find things that you have in common and you start with that you, you start with that you know I think that just in terms of like being successful and growing as a person it's all about who's got the better network i feel like anybody especially let's say if we compare two photographers or two filmmakers the filmmaker or photographer that is more talented in terms of skill but doesn't quite have the network is not going to be as successful as the person has the better network but maybe isn't as skilled would you agree with that or i always say this this is something i don't know where i heard
1: this but it's like knowing if we're going to go off photography like or
0: if you want to start
1: a business as as a photographer it doesn't matter how good your photos are you could have the sickest photos in the world like i say this to so many people but if you do not know how to network and you do not know how to like present yourself as like you don't know how to present your value to people and you're like you just cannot do that you're literally a like a camera without a lens it, like you, you no matter how many times you pu- push that. a shutter you're not you're not going to capture anything you're not actually going to accomplish anything like honestly a, a, any kind of creative skill without the business side of it mm-hmm. and i'm not saying you have to acquire that you just might have to hire that out to somebody if you do not have that somehow feeding into
0: you you're a camera without a lens every Did time you- Wait, was that a quote you just made up right now or you heard that?
1: No, I heard that from somebody. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I'm not, I can't take credit for <laughs> That's that. But brilliant. I mean, like, I mean, I, they, I don't know, maybe, maybe I can take credit for parts of that. I just definitely paraphrased some stuff in my head and tried to make that make sense more. But yeah, I think I heard that quote from somebody like a while yeah. ago, but That's yeah, I know like it, it makes a lot of sense. Like it, it really does make a lot of
0: sense. And it's, mm. um, it's definitely true. Like, I don't, I'm sure you can attest to that as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think I actually, I do want to kind of take it back right now because we're talking a lot about, So we're talking about some good things right now, but nobody I think knows kind of what you're, what you do and, mm. and kind of your story and how you got started. So do you mind just kind of like talking and just giving a quick little recap of how you got started with everything and what you're doing now yeah currently yeah
1: totally so um i'll try and keep this as quick as i can to start it off i (laughs) was that kid (laughs) i was that kid growing up who in a group of friends when you're you're in your group of friends that that do crazy stuff as young kids like you like you dig holes and build fires in them and jump over them on your mountain bikes when you're like eight and ten like you know when you do stuff that's that's like like potentially life-threatening, somebody has to capture it. Mm. And this is like pre-GoPro, pre-anything like that. Uh, Thankfully, uh, I grew up in a family where my mom was a a photographer. She's not now. And um, I'm not trying to rip on my mom here. I love my mom, but but she got out of it because she just didn't enjoy the business side of it. And she just... Uh, To to be honest, she's just like a massive networker and she loves just talking. So that's why she did weddings, because she loved going to shoot people's weddings because she (laughs) loves people. But she eventually was like, it's so draining because there's so many other things that she wasn't good at and she she just didn't enjoy that she ended up getting out of it. But Mm -hmm. we always had cameras lying around. So uh, I remember I got this like point and shoot Kodak shockproof cameras, kind of like the GoPros before the GoPros. Like I'm talking, this thing was sick. And we had like three of them, dude. And I could dive into the lake with them. I could throw it at a tree. I could like yeah. tape it to my helmet. And it looks like a flip phone. So it wasn't some like, it, it did not look like something that would go on the top of a helmet. But like I made it go on the top of the helmet. So we used to make these, the, I used to film things, not to make videos, but I would film things just in case something bad happened. Right. (laughs) Um, and like that's how I got started. That's what I did. And I've been doing that since I was like seven. Um, so it was really organic. And I, so I grew up making these videos. Eventually I learned how to use windows live movie maker, which was just the worst Dang. editing program in the world. But I, just, I loved it. And I started making these little videos and I wasn't allowed to have Facebook till I was in grade seven. Um, and I, like when I got Facebook, I started posting all these videos that I had made. Some of them were like five years ago. Some of them were like from that year. And I was just a little grade seven kid posting videos. And all of a sudden, like parents, friends started adding me on Facebook and be like, Oh, that's a cool video. Like we want to see what your what your son's up to talking to my parents and, and all of a sudden they were like oh you've made a couple like videos that actually look kind of cool like can we hire you to come do a video for our business and this is when i'm like 12 13 i was like what's like get
0: out of here pay
1: me and they're like yeah we'll give you a hundred dollars and that's canadian for any americans listening that's like 70 bucks yeah and brutal. and i was like are you kidding me like a hundred dollars to make a video? Of course. Like, heck yeah. And I, again, I was like 12, right? So I was, I could either go cut, I used to cut lawns and, and do stuff like that, shovel driveways. So I could either go cut like basically 15 lawns, make like you know, whatever, whatever that math works out to be, or I could go make a video and make all that money. Like, of course I'm going to go make a video. So I, I used to go and make these videos for family, friends and stuff and, um, and make a tiny bit of money when I was like 12, 13, 14. And, um, I grew up super heavily involved in the ski and snowboard community as well. I'm um, just living where I live. So I, I used to, again, network with a lot of pro skiers and snowboarders and, and became friends with a lot of them and end up traveling a little bit and shooting some different things with them and different resorts. And, and so then people start going, Hey bro, I love this edit you did for this guy. Can you do one for me? And i will be like, Oh, I'd just be stoked to hang out with this dude because he's like a pro skier. But he was like, "Yeah, here you can you can actually we're actually going to pay you. The company's going to pay you to shoot this athlete." So that's how everything started, and it just escalated from the And again, no photo was in this at all. There was no photo. It was just video. Because um, I was like, "Why would you take a photo when you could take a video? That's way cooler." It's just simple. It's just basic math when you're like 14, right? Like, come on. So that all happened. And then through, you know, you're not allowed where I'm from. You're not allowed to legally work in Canada until you're 15. Um, Mm, It's against the child labor laws or whatever. So yeah, you can, you can like work, you can work and do other stuff, but you can't go work like uh, at McDonald's or something like that. Like they only hire Mm. people who are 15 or older. So you can get other jobs like working for family friends or for family companies or starting your own thing, which is what I did. But anyways, I started having things that I had to pay for. Like I started having to contribute to me playing hockey every year and contribute to me snowboarding. And and so I was like, well, I can't do this unless I start making more money. So instead of going and getting a job at McDonald's, I started like pricing myself at when people at McDonald's be making $9 an hour, I started pricing myself at like $11 or $13 an hour making videos for people. And I used to make all <laughs> these videos. So it just kind of escalated and escalated and escalated. And as I got to high school, you know, social media came and the growth of social media and I was kind of right place, right timed, different things happened. And mm-hmm. I've, I'm, yeah, fast forward a couple of years now. Um, it's just completely escalated. I got into photo stuff. I got into more social media stuff, which led to me getting into more marketing stuff. All of this combined now is kind of concluded with, I run a media and marketing agency called JS Media. And we've got a couple guys that do some stuff and it's just super fun. I wouldn't, wouldn't trade it for anything. But most importantly, I've, I've started doing some creative business coaching for people, which is like the dream because like I said, mm-hmm. I'm so extroverted. And because of, again, this all stems back to my childhood and how I, you know, what I went through as a kid. But because I was always deemed as like incapable, but I simply proved that wrong to myself because I just found people that were capable and learned from them. I want to mm-hmm. be that person that helped helps that guy leave his nine to five or helps that guy, you know, get paid to shoot what he actually wants rather than shooting weddings all year. And if weddings are your thing, I'm not bashing weddings at all. But if you want to shoot birds, I want to teach you how to shoot birds because it's not, it's not about how good you are at shooting birds. It's about how good you understand the business about shooting birds. So if you want to shoot birds, bro, I got you. I'll back you up and we can get into that. So (laughs) that's what I do now. It's super fun. Um, it's like so similar to what Zach does, but so different at the same time, which is super cool. And, mm. and yeah, it's, it's a blessing. It's, it's amazing. I love it.
0: That's sick. What, what kind of brands, um, have you worked with in the past and, and what, what brands are you looking forward to working with in the, in the future? Ooh, yeah, great question. Um, I've worked with what, some like, super, like typically what kind of brands do you work with?
1: Uh, they're all outdoors brands pretty much. So okay. I'm a super outdoorsy guy. Um, And so I've been fortunate to partner with basically only outdoors brands. And again, that's not because I'm really good at photo and video. It's because I just understand how to, how to, how to like, you know, actually insert myself into an outdoors industry in terms of where the value is in me and and people cling on to that. So thankfully I've been able to do that successfully. Um, so yeah, I've, I've had a lot of fun working with people in the outdoor space. Uh, so lots mm-hmm. of companies that make like tents and jackets and different things or like car rental companies in Iceland or in New Zealand or like tourism boards or yeah. like just, just like random stuff. Um, I love brand work like 85% of what we do is brand work which is super fun because it's not like a lot of it isn't scripted okay you're gonna go here on this day shoot this then do that and this is what it's gonna look like a lot of it's like oh here's the product here's your cash go do what you do because Mm -hmm. there's just like a trust um, and a a confidence in the value that they have in us which is super super cool Um, and it's been something that I've been so fortunate to to bring other people into like I said we've got some people that kind of come alongside me and we do things together and so it's been super cool the not- not only
0: experience that myself, but also bring other people into that. So I know we were talking about like, first of all, Joey and I, we, we have these, um, what do you call them? Uh, accountability calls (laughs) every Monday, Joey and I have an Monday at Monday at 2
1: PM. If you want to join
0: invite open, that would be crazy. Um, but yeah, they're great. And we, we just kind of talk about like, you know, what we're looking forward to for the week what we what we did last week do we accomplish what we wanted wanted to accomplish things like that and what joey was kind of struggling with was the creative process for trying to come out with uh specific video. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of people, especially when they see like the end product on Instagram or YouTube, they're like, wow, that just looks so easy, so flawless, but it's not. There's so much that goes into it. There's like, for me, my creative process is so messy. It's so back and forth. Could you talk about kind of your creative process? Like when a brand reaches out to you and you start coming up with ideas. What mm-hmm. what were you, what are you kind of thinking about? Are you, are you like hanging out outside, just relaxing? Yeah. Like what, how do you dive so, into that?
1: Uh, I was actually talking to someone about this yesterday as well. Like, yeah. like I said, I've been doing some more of this creative business coaching stuff, which is like the most life giving thing for me to do. So I've been having a lot of these conversations with people and it, it's never, it's not always some like, it's hard to explain because not a ton of stuff comes crazy out of the blue. A lot of the time I can actually like predict if a brand's going to reach out to me. And mm-hmm. people when I say that people are like, "Yo, You some like genie, like, how do you know how this is happening? But it's all based on a system that I've set up. And it's not some like weird system where it's like click funnels and do all this stuff that like somehow squeezes people into JS media, come let us work together. You know, it's nothing like that. It's simply, I value human connection. And when I view a brand, so many people always view these brands on these massive pedestals of like, yo, it's like, it's Yeti, bro. It's just Yeti. And then I view Yeti and I'm like, but here's the thing. The people who I'm talking to at Yeti are just like regular humans that quite frankly are probably looking at me going, like, ah, I wish I had his life because he's still working with Yeti, but he's, he's actually not, you know, he, he's not sitting at this cubicle like I am right now. And it's, it's, it's right. interesting what happens when you, when you take that, like, just take that thought that it's even brands are just humans because it's humans behind these brands. Like the brand is just a name, but it's it's still humans, little minions that make everything work. And so where I'm going with this is I do a lot of things that actually lead up to a brand deal. And I don't do them necessarily, like I said, in the traditional marketing way of like click funnels and all this weird stuff that attracts clients to people. I'm not Mm. about that. I'm just about like real human connection. And that's because one, that's who I am. And two, that that's the type of clients I want to attract. I want to attract people who who want to work with me because they enjoy who I am as a person and they see that through my work. And so what happens is I spend... I have little ways that I that I get myself involved with brands before I end up working with them. And it it could be as simple as, you know, for the next three days, let's like Zach, give me a random brand, any kind of company,
0: Uh, Adidas.
1: Okay, so for the next, the next three days, I'm going to try and interact with Adidas four times each day for the next three days, so 12 times. So whether that's mm-hmm. me commenting on one of their Instagram stories, replying to it, whether that's me commenting on an Instagram photo, whether that's me sharing one of their Instagram photos on my story, whether that's me going on Facebook and sharing something, whether that's me going on YouTube, like if I, I find different ways that I want to interact with this brand and then I just start mm-hmm. doing it. And it's not yeah. it's not fake. It's because, again, I only interact with brands that I enjoy and that I want to work with because I actually like them and I like their products. And what happens is when you consistently show up and you consistently support and you're consistently offering value, they just all of a sudden will start checking you out and you'll build a relationship with these people and then... Yeah, it just rolls from there. And so the creative process for me is often something that comes so easily. And it's often something that's not messy at all. Like yours, like you're saying yours is kind of messy sometimes. Mine often isn't messy because Mm -hmm. I often have already spent like two weeks just like so subconsciously building a relationship with this brand. And they might not even know I'm trying to do this because quite often I'm just doing it. And lots of the time I hear I never, I never get any work with them. But it's yeah. still me just interacting with them. But you know, on right. the off chance I and mean, a lot of the time they go, Oh, this dude, it seems really nice. He's super cool. He's interacting with us. He really enjoys our stuff. Only oh, click on me. They're like, Oh, he's got some cool stuff. Well, do we have any projects that we see we could fit him into? And then they go, Oh, cool. Yo. And then boom, yep. ring, ring. Yo, what's right. up? <laughs> you know? So it's, it's just this, this <laughs> like, and I know the way I'm making this sound, I'm making it sound like it's super easy. And again, this is like a very scary thing for a lot of people, but Because I do so much of that in the beginning stages of a relationship with a brand, when it comes time to actually, when they go, okay, what do you have in mind? I often have already sculpted things together. And it's not Mm. like I'm trying to come up with this insane creative thing to do for them, Um, even though a lot of times they do end up being insane, but it's just more that's who we are and that's the type of stuff we want to do. So, yeah, yeah, I don't often get caught off guard by like, yo, this random company pops into my inbox going, hey, we want to work with you. I mean, I get that all the time, random companies, um, but I'm sure they reach out to tons of people. But the ones that I actually pull the trigger on in terms of working with, I've actually like sculpted and... It sounds really manipulative, but I've, I've literally, I feel like I have the brand in my hand and I'm just like sculpting it to how I want it to be and how I want them Mm -hmm. to perceive me. And then that comes out, you know, when they eventually want to work with us, that's how I, that's how I then the creative process already started. And it's not like, oh shoot, the creative process is here. I've got to get started. I've got to come up with something ASAP. It's kind of like, oh, I've been toying with this idea the last couple of weeks, just because, you know take it or leave it, whether they do want to work with me or not, I still, I just think this would be a cool idea because I love what they do and their product actually resonates with my life. And so that's where brand work can be so fun because it's not this, like, for me, it's not this fight of, okay, I got this product. Now I have to go find something to do with it. It's more like I'm just doing things naturally and having fun and companies are wanting to hop on board. And so that's something that I think has been so cool. And then I'm like a, I don't know. I don't know where I got that. Like, I don't know where that came from. Again, like I said, I mm-hmm. think that's just so me, and that's just because I'm so extroverted. I love connecting with people. But I don't know. Does that kind of explain that? Like, does that kind of does sense. that explain? Yeah. yeah. Does so, that like, kind of explain me, how?
0: Yeah. Let me recap it. So basically, you're saying as you're reaching out to these brands, you you already have like ideas that you're just dying to like get started on. Almost, you're just yeah. So it, and I wouldn't and even
1: say I'm reaching out to them. Because they eventually reach out to me, I right. just insert myself into their bubble of life.
0: Right, not going pay me. I just I just engaging. start
1: literally being social, and I use social media to do this because that is what social media is for. I just start yeah. being social. Hey, um, I know you. You said Adidas. Hey, Adidas. I love these new whatever's um, snowboard boots. These are so sick. They're so comfy. Thanks so much for making another good boot. You know, send them a quick message. <laughs> like yeah. if they. If they respond, they respond. If they don't, cool. Well, just say something on YouTube, you know, like keep bouncing, Right. Um, work your network too. But but yeah, yeah like you're saying, I, I don't necessarily reach out to them. I used to do a ton of that when I was, like when I was 14 to 17, I used to like literally cold, I don't want to say cold call because I never actually cold called like on the phone, but I would cold email or whatever <laughs> you want to call it or DM yeah. people all the time. So maybe there's a lot of that because I've gotten a lot of referrals and that's where, you know, that's what yeah. kind of helping me consistently stay where I am now. But yeah, it's, it's, it's like exactly, exactly what you said though. Once the brand initiates engagement back with me, I've generally already come up and conceptualized something that I think would be really cool. And so when they come to me, I go, Oh, I've actually got this idea. You guys, you know, you guys reaching out to me just gave me this idea. Thanks so much for reaching out to me. And I make it feel like I wasn't even thinking about working with them. You know, they, right. you know, and, and then I'm so excited, even though I've like literally i've been wanting to work with them for maybe a year or something right but yes because of that and again when you're working in such a niche market like when i'm only doing things for outdoor creative uh, like outdoor creative stuff Mm -hmm. it'd be the same like you i know you filmed a ton of concerts and like artists and stuff you you can have you can have one idea and it could probably work for like four different artists in terms of what you want to do with the video right Right. It's the right. same thing with, with outdoors brand work, right? Like, yes, the products are different. Yes, they look different. Maybe they different size. Maybe they differ in what they're actually used for. But at the end of the day, I'm sure the concepts can always kind of go like, yeah, it could work for them. It could work for them. Yep. And so, yeah, I just have this like bank of things that I, I've always wanted to do in my head. And so when a brand reaches out quite often, the process, the creative process is really easy for me now. However, right. like you said earlier, I've definitely been struggling with the creative process on, on something, um, Recently, but it hasn't been, it's been an internal thing, not an external thing. So it hasn't been for a company. It's been for myself and for something I'm trying right. to create for myself, which is, I think, where it really differs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's something I'm, um, I'm for sure learning because it is so different because it's an internal creative process. It's, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to learn, you know. How to fight that, and how to how to stay on top of that, and how to come out come out on top. So yeah, we'll see, we'll see what happens. But
0: yeah, yeah, it's tough. Um, Yeah, I feel like it's a lot different when it comes to your personal brand. But you know, touching back on having those that bank of ideas or whatever you want to call it, I uh, I do the same thing. Like my creative process, like it always starts with music because I think music is just amazing and it always tells a story, Mm. and so I can just visualize. All these different kinds of like dope ideas, and even if I'm not working on a specific project, I think of i I think of an idea and I write it down automatically. I put it in of my of course, yeah, of course, and I just start collecting them. And then if I do so, if I if a brand reaches out to me or um, an entrepreneur or someone that needs a project or a video. I've got just a vault of different kinds of ideas. Yeah, exactly. Totally project. So yeah, I think that's, I think that's really smart. Where, where the hell do you get your confidence from, bro? Cause <laughs> 20 years old, Um, I know I keep touching back on the 20 years old thing, but do you feel like you, fe- do you feel like a fraud ever? Do you feel like, you know, who am I to be working with these brands, doing these kinds of things. Like, do you ever have, do you ever have those feelings ever? And ever? Oh, we're a hundred percent, man. A hundred percent. Yeah.
1: I, I, I don't think no matter what level you're at, like, even if it was like, I, even Chris Picard, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, Chris Picard feels inconfident in things. And I don't know if everybody yeah. knows who Chris Picard is, who listens to this, but like, I had a really cool conversation with him once, um, mm-hmm. at this, at this film screening of his, um, of one of the surf films he came out with. And we just kind of mm-hmm. talked about a couple of different things. And, and like I surf and he surfs. And so we got to connect over that. And it was actually a cold water surfing film, which is something again, that I'm super into. So we were able to just chat about things, but I, I asked him about, um, about, I said, so dude on this surf trip, did, did you actually take time away from the camera and surf? And he looked at me and he said, "No, man, I didn't." And I said, "Why?" And he said, "Well, I've been to Iceland 17 times, so it wasn't anything new for me." And I looked at him and I kind of laughing and then his face kind of switched and he but he said, "But but seriously, I was just too focused on on really trying to to deliver what I what I'd promised people I was going to deliver on." And so that was fear-based. He did not surf and he did not enjoy the waves and the waves looked sick even though he wanted yeah. to because he was fearful of of him not being able to, you know, to you know, hit the bar that he had set. And so even like the biggest dogs, the biggest dogs feel, feel inconfident in different things. And, and yeah. I don't think that's ever going to go away. Like I, I know Zach, we've been, I don't want to disclose who the clients are just because, you know, some of them haven't right, right, gone right. through and stuff, but like, that's I've been talking to stuff. some super cool people in the last week alone that have just like reached out on, on a limb. And, um, I'm just like, man, I, like, this is, this is insane that these people want to work with me. This is so crazy. And they were like, one of the guys was, was fighting with his budget to work with me. Like they didn't have the budget that I I had wanted them to have. And he went back, right. he's like, I'm going to go completely reconvene with my team and talk about it. And I was like, okay, that is insane that he actually sees that much value in me. It's crazy. And I'm sending on like, how, why? Like, so totally, like I, I 100% of the time feel unworthy f- for some of these things that I get oh, totally. And I, I don't, Actually, I pray, again, I pray I never outgrow that because I feel like the second I feel like I am too worthy to work with a big client, I'm screwed. Mm. Um, And I think, yeah, consistently and like constantly humbling myself back to like, you know, it's such a blessing that they've reached out. I'm so excited to work with these guys. And, and yeah, even if they do reach out and again, like I said, they, they really are investing in wanting to work with you. Like, yeah, I don't know, but the confidence thing is, is tough. If you would ask my mom and dad, like I've, I kind of just popped out of the womb like this, bro. Um, I think a lot of it, like I, I honestly, dude, I, I came out firing, like everybody would say hot. I came out hot, bro. Firing. I came out firing, bro. Like freaking six foot overhead, like offshore. I'm getting barreled, bro. It's firing outside. So, um, but no, I've always just been this fired up kid. Uh, And again, like I said at the beginning of this podcast, I was a bugger when I was was younger. I was so fired up. And it actually turned to be like really negative in a lot of ways when I was really young. And so I was always labeled with these different things. So I think a lot of the confidence now is is from, you know, overcoming these labels and, and like taking them off just as easy. Like again, I was always condemned by these labels, but I've really learned that like taking these labels off is is just as easy as taking them off as is as, as take off my shirt. And I think that's where mm. like a lot of this confidence comes from. And it's not this confidence of like, oh I'm I'm the the best and I'm really good at what I do. It's just this confidence where I just feel really secure that I I am in a good spot mentally and, and humbly in a good spot where Mm. like in terms of humility that I am, I'm so willing to to realize that I am like a broken creative and that I'm not actually, I do not actually have everything figured out. And because of that, I'm so willing to go ask for people's help. And I'm so willing to go ask for people like, Zach, I I don't get this. Like, dude, when I first invested in Kajabi, I still feel bad. I asked you so many dang Kajabi questions. And I was like, I'm wasting so much of Zach's time. But like, it's, (laughs) I, I just feel like, the confidence is, it's like this, it's this confidence that comes from not being overly confident, if that makes sense. It's like a humble confidence, yeah. if that makes any sense. And I'm kind of just running my mouth. I have no idea of this, if this is, if I'm putting two and two together here, but.
0: No, it's good. I yeah, like it. I yeah. like it. <laughs> That's what I want you to do. Yeah. Um. I know, I know when you were younger, you talked about like just being a total shithead. Um. Yeah. When, when was that? Like, when did you make that switch? Because obviously you're not a shithead anymore.
1: I oh, mean, dude. Yeah. Um. <laughs> no, I'm. I'm definitely switch? not anymore. And and I'm thankful I'm not. I. Uh, yeah. I was just like, like I said, I was fired up. I was labeled with learning disabilities, ADHD, incapable. And so I was like, oh well, they've thrown all this crap on me. I have no other option other than to be the bad kid. No other option other than to like, you know, lip the teachers out when they when they call me out. I'm just gonna stand up and call them out. And, you know, like that was, right. it was just, I turned it into such a game and I'm so competitive. So when someone used to like oppose me with something, I would be like, yes, like, here we go, baby. Like it's fighting time. And I would just get right. so, like, I used to love, I used to love causing people like headaches, bro. Like I'm, I'm saying this specifically <laughs> as like teachers and stuff. I used to have so much fun, so much fun. And what happened was, okay, this is, again, I mentioned I started a podcast It's coming out ASAP. It's coming out soon. I'm so excited to share this because I go more in depth on this story. And I think, although people might not have the same story, um, there's definitely ways to find yourself in this story. And and it's I'll I'll again I'll give you the elevator pitch on this. I'll keep this as short as I can. But sure,
0: sure, you're
1: good. Basically, what happened was in grade eight. Again, I was terrible, but in grade eight, at the beginning of grade eight two weeks integrated. we got a new teacher in our school and they built a new portable. And then me and a bunch of other like delinquent kids got thrown into this portable with some other like normal kids. So we got a new class with a new teacher that no one knew. And he came in and his name was, his name was Mr. Norris. And he was like this cool dude. And he was like, kind of like a younger guy, a little bit younger, but like just, just a really intentional dude. Like he was super intentional. And yeah. he came up to me and he was holding these papers Um, and it was like my IEP, which is like my individual education plan or whatever. So it's like basically the thing that says I'm incapable of learning and I need all this help by this, 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 and this, and this, right. Um, right. This is Joey is stupid. And these are the reasons why it's basically what those things say. And he had like my other things that say, I've got crazy ADHD and he had all this stuff and he's like, um, and he came up to me and he said, yo, I want to chat with you about something. And I was like, oh, here we go again. Like this guy doesn't even know me yet, but he's already going to bring up all this stuff and like, talk to me about how. I'm just going to be a bad student. And he came up to me. And this is literally like day one being in his class. And he said, and at this point, honestly, bro, I was so tired of being a bad kid. Like I just wanted to be, I don't know. I just wanted to be myself. And I feel like I was so trapped being this like, Delinquent kid, but I didn't want to do that. But again, I had nowhere else to go because I was so cornered with these labels that I had been so condemned by. But he came up to me, right. and he said, "Yo, I've got these papers. It says this, this, and this, and this, and you about you." And I got here two days ago, and I've heard from every single teacher in the school. They've told me everything about you. And immediately, I'm like, "Oh, come on! Like, am I gonna have to tell this guy off too? Like, right. like frick?" And he and he looked at me and he said, "Yo, I just want to tell you everything on these papers. Your ADHD, your learning disabilities. You know, you're all this." and that and blah, 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 and your track record, that was a big one because I my track record of me always being bad, and every single thing that somebody has told me about you so far, like all these other teachers have told me about you, none of that are, none of that is actually walls, those are just hurdles, and I'm just going to teach you how to run and jump, and we're going to get over all that. So your ADHD, your learning disabilities, your your zero processing speed, your ability to not learn, like you, you're literally... People tell you you're stupid on paper, like all of that. It's not a wall. It's just a hurdle. And we just have to figure out how you, how you run, specifically how you run and specifically how you jump. And we're going to be able to get over all of that. And you can take off all those labels, all those labels that people have thrown on you. You can take all of those off just as easily as you can take off your shirt. And I sat Mm -hmm. there and eight, and I was like, whoa, bro. Like, this is the first person I've ever had in my life, other than my parents trying to do this forever, but you know, you're, they're your parents when you're, when you're younger. It's hard to like always listen to them, right? (laughs) So, but he was the first person outside of my immediate family that had, that had looked at me for what I was rather than what people have told me I was. And he was like, dude, like, I see so much potential in you here, here and here. And the school system. Hasn't seen that in you yet, but we're going to show them that. And so Mm -hmm. he just gave me a chance. And literally right there, I like stripped all those labels off and I was like a brand new kid. But it was wow. weird. I was like a brand new kid. Now, obviously, it was a slow switch. Things don't change like this, especially when you're so used to being that bad kid and so used to when, when you're, you know... I never did a single dude. I I never did any schoolwork. I never did anything. I would just sit there all day and cruise, bro. I would just yep. play with my tech decks and stuff, right? I was just that kind of... Oh, yeah. But um, <laughs> And... And uh actually, this is like super funny. Again, this is going to make me sound like such a backwoods kid. I'm really not. Like I say these things and it really never adds up to what I wanted to add up to. But like I used to just sit in the back <laughs> of my class, bro, with a freaking turkey call on my mouth because you can stick it on the top of your tongue, on the top of the roof of your mouth. And then you can just like make turkey noises all day from the back of class. But nobody knows what? where it's coming from because you have, it's not like a, it's not like you have a... Wait, wh- a big thing sticking out of your mouth. It's like, it looks like a little um, retainer, you know, that you put after you have braces. It looks yeah. like that, but it has this like little plastic thing that when you like, is it something push you your... purchase? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's like when you, when you blow, it's for turkey hunting. It's so you can call turkeys and stuff. But when, but when I would sit back there, <laughs> oh, God, bro, and I would like do this and it would just make all these turkey calls. It was crack up. So I used to just do all this crap. Out uh. But anyways, <laughs> anyways, I was, I found myself in this spot where I was like, Frick, I'm now a good kid but I I didn't know how to be a good kid. I didn't know what to do because I was so used to like doing bad things. It was actually like odd making the switch. And that's why I say it was a slower process than it wasn't an immediate switch because I I actually, I didn't know how to live in that, in that light of being a good kid. Like I'd never done that. And so it took me a while. Like I still made a ton of mistakes. I still said some things to him that I shouldn't have said. And it was definitely like a two way street. Like, um, you know, we had to learn and grow together, but yeah, bro, he was like by far the, the defining kind of pinnacle of like what, what gave me opportunity? Like as soon as he said that, and this, again, this sounds super emotional, but he just like, he was the first person to ever truly crack the door for me and like open the door to mm-hmm. like opportunity to connection to like capable of learning. And, and like most importantly, just into freedom. And I was able to just like walk through that door and it was super cool. So yeah. Shout out Mr. Norris. He's the man, um, Mr. freaking Norris. legend, bro. Mr. Norris. Yeah.
0: That last name is legendary. Already. Yeah, it is legendary. Shout out, bro. shout out Chuck Norris. Yo, shout out Chuck. <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah dude that's crazy man yeah I, dude, i had no idea like that yeah. so i feel like man like that i i don't think i've ever heard a story like that i don't for me like when i was in school like i don't like i feel like most people have that one teacher that like really like stuck out to them and i don't even i don't even know if i i had that one teacher yeah
1: well, I, I man this like is what you. sucks about the school system like I, man, if every teacher could put in the, the effort that he does and, like, be as intentional towards actually guiding kids through life as he did, like, bro, the yeah. world would be a crazy place. It'd be so sick. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. oh, man. So, so cool. Yeah. yeah. I agree. And so that's actually, yeah. again... I don't want to keep pumping myself, but pumping this podcast, I'm calling this podcast like a bunch of people expected me to come out with a podcast on creative business or on like how to get your first 10K followers. And like, this is definitely stuff that I can all cover, but the podcast is called the, it's not a wall, it's a hurdle podcast. And I'm trying to figure out if I can shorten that anyway, because that's really long, but that's what I want (laughs) it to be about. And those are the exact words that he spoke to me that changed my life. And so that's what I want to talk on. That's what I constantly want to talk on. And that's what I want to bring people into the podcast to tell their stories because everybody has walls that they they stare at and they think are walls but truly they're just hurdles and we just got to teach them how to run and jump and they can get over it like everybody has those in life everybody
0: dude like when when we went to the mastermind the one thing that you taught me and this might sound super lame but you like you literally taught me how to have fun again just Mm. like with your energy we would joey and i and um and 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 lucas lucas right
1: yeah lucas, lucas.
0: luke look shout out lucas um we 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 all rented birds and we were literally literally like jumping. Dude, off of I lived and doing on birds, crazy while I was there, shit. Bro. <laughs> oh yeah, it was fucking nuts. Like before you before you came to L.A., I would just ride them simply for transportation. And yeah, I'd have fun. I'd like you know carve a little bit, but like we were going off of any kind of incline that we could find and just trying to get as much air as possible. Oh, dude, and it was the most fun I've had in such a long time. I felt like just such a child again. Such
1: a good, man, that's how I live my life, though. Like, I want to be you know, another, again, I'm not going to take credit for this, another awesome (laughs) quote, one of my favorite quotes is the creative adult is the child that never grew up. I love that Mm. quote. I love, love, love that quote. And that's That's so me, like, and I, I like, childish, I don't like the word childish, but living like a child, I love that, because there's so many things that we do as children that are so healthy and so, like, magnificent to our our human um like anatomy but but we we put them away and we stopped doing them because of how society suppresses whatever they are in our in our current day culture and it's just so dumb yeah. like i just love being in these moments where i feel so childlike again um but not in like an immature way like we weren't doing immature stuff we were just purely stepping into joy and having fun like that's all it was
0: yeah like a lot of us put so much pressure on ourselves to like make it and and crush our our end goals and like like, whatever, whatever that goal is, but, like, we're always just, like, grinding and hustling and trying to achieve that that end goal. But simply just actually going for it and doing what you truly want to do and just l- loving life, like, that that is the ultimate end goal right there. Mm. Like, if you can just do that and literally, like, you know... I don't want to say, um, you know, don't follow the rules or anything, but but do do what you want to do versus what society like most people do. If you just do that and you start that journey like you've already won, mm-hmm. you know, it's already game over. You're already on that journey. And and just because you don't end up or just because you're in the process of of achieving that end goal, um, just just saying that this is what you're going to do and, and and just continue to to go for it, um, I think is is you know, you're already winning in my book. So I think we need to remind ourselves of that because we, yeah, man, joy,
1: joy is like the best thing in the world, bro.
0: Yeah. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. And I want you to, I want you to talk a little bit. I know, I know you have something called the, the joy project, Mm -hmm. I believe. I do. Um, so, so what is that all about? What, what is your joy project? Bro, I could go all day on this, but so my joy project is something
1: (laughs) that, again, this is, this is another thing that I don't, I don't know where I heard this, I'm not even sure if I heard it somewhere. Like, I don't know if this is just from like a a bunch of different sources that I've kind of just like pieced together this (laughs) slogan in my head. I don't know where it came from, bro. But it totally, totally changed my life. And it is this. It's the simple truth that happiness is completely circumstantial. Like so many people go, oh man, I want to be happy. I want to strive to be happy in life. But if you strive to be happy in life, you will constantly be going through these roller coaster of emotions because there is so much happiness in life, but there is so much of the opposite of that. Like, and that's just how, that's how life is. You cannot run from that. And so if you strive for happiness, you will always be Like you will never be content, but the joy project comes in because joy and happiness are actually different. And so many people I don't think realize that joy is this. And this is what I love about joy. Joy is a, is a, is a decision. Joy is making a choice every single morning when you wake up and every single, you know, time that anything happens joy is choosing like you have to choose joy and so the joy project is this thing where i wake up every day and i go i i I literally did it this morning i sat up and i said i am just gonna choose to be joyful today no matter what happens like i'm just gonna choose to be joyful because if Mm -hmm. i if i like the only thing that happens when i when i don't choose joy and i allow myself to get in a slump is it only affects me like it's just I don't know. I don't know why people feel like, you know, being unhappy is, is gonna like get back at somebody like, it's just, it only affects you, bro. And so the joy project is just the simple truth of happiness is circumstantial. Joy is choosing to do it. And so when I wake Mm. up every day and I choose joy, even if like the worst things happen, like I've got a bunch of huge proposals out right now for stuff that uh, put the money aside Like the money is definitely, put the money aside. They're projects that I am so excited about and they're super cool. Mm. Like even, I even had that thought this morning. I woke up, I was like, ah, like today's a big day. I'm probably going to be hearing back from at least three of them. That's hectic. Like I'm kind of nervous, but I said, no matter what happens, I'm going to choose joy. And like, man, everything, like everything changes when you make that shift, everything changes.
0: And it's just- When, When did you start this?
1: Uh, I think, I think we might've talked about this. Um, I think it kind of came on over time, but I was fortunate. I was fortunate enough to live in South Africa for, for three and a bit months. And the one thing, the one thing that I learned in South Africa, and this sounds super, super cliche, like, Oh, they have little, but they're so happy. But what I realized was, was (laughs) they have little, but they might not even be happy, but they choose joy. Mm. They don't, like there's some seriously gnarly stuff that happens to the people down there, and I got to. Not only did I live in South Africa, I actually got to live with each of the people groups. And when I say people groups, I I'm saying skin colors there because they're they're um, unfortunately segregated by their skin color still in South Africa um, to to just an extent that's very sad, but you know walking around in a country where your skin color determines what you can and cannot do is something that is just sad like it's just it's sad and if you if you strive for happiness in that scenario like you're constantly going to be going through the ups and downs but what was so cool about these people i lived with was you know not only did they might not have anything at home they also like as soon as they left their home they were constantly told that they could not do because of how thick their hair was and if you could stick a pen in it and if the pen would stick like that's how that's how culturally off south africa is and south africa is a beautiful place but it is so broken but which is super cool Mm -hmm. because there's so much beauty in the brokenness there but what was so crazy was is that like the beauty in the brokenness is that these people just choose joy like there's so many people where i was like how are you how are you joyful right now like why is there a smile on your face and I learned <laughs> right. from, from these experiences with these people, I learned that it's it's just a choice. It wasn't because of what happened to them. It was just because they were choosing to choose joy. They're choosing to smile. And that that's like where I got all that context. There's other places where I've gathered that as I've been like kind of all over the world. And I've, uh, I'm have i very fortunate. A lot of the places I've been in the world, it hasn't been like I'm traveling as a tourist. It's been like a really local type stuff and, um, you know, doing mm-hmm. lots of humanitarian stuff in different different church stuff and it's it's been really cool to dive into that and like be able to Mm -hmm. truly connect with people on their level in different places of the world because there's so much to learn even even here in canada like i got a huge aspect of like what joy really means living on um on our first nations reserves here canada's got a canada is known as the most inviting country in the world we're the most multicultural toronto's the most multicultural city in the world but Mm -hmm. you know we we're we're open doors to anybody except our own people our own people and you know, if you're some Canadian politician, you might get mad at me for saying this because I know there's a lot of work trying to be done, but it's still not good enough. Right. I lived, I traveled to Western Canada for the same amount of time I was in South Africa doing the same thing, studying peace and reconciliation between Canadians, um, specifically mm-hmm. how the church is involved with that because the church did some, like, some just sad stuff to our First Nations people back in the day, trying to help, but it got all mm-hmm. skewed and the wrong people got in power and it's just bad. So there's a very broken relationship there. And so there's a lot of true canadians there are our, our aboriginal people are our, our first nations people and they're beautiful people with beautiful culture yet they're they're so broken um in many different ways but and and it is all because of because of white people in canada and so i got to study that as well and study those people and interact with those people and love those people and and be loved by those people and what i learned from that was again those people like they some of them have no reason to be happy no reason to be happy but yet it's a choice and when you choose it it's it's called joy and that's why i love it that's what the joy projects about and that's why i like center myself around that
0: so how do you personally make that choice Is, like for someone that's like just is hating life right now. How, like, what is something they can do to just start turning it around? How do they make that choice? Because obviously it's a lot easier said than done, you know?
1: Yeah, totally. So it's, it's always going to be easier said than done. Um, And I know there might be some people listening to this that are like, yo, screw this guy. He's just way too happy, way too joyful. (laughs) Guys, it's been a process and it's something that I still fight with every day. Um, And, you know, of course I still have my ups and downs. I'm human. I'm not perfect, but um right of course. Again, I would go back to the same thing that I led that we like we led, we kicked this thing off with. If you don't mm-hmm. surround yourself with people that are that are doing it, it's going to be so hard. So like even yeah. you know we we t- I talked about the surrounding myself with people who are 10 times better than me, putting myself in rooms where I am the small fish in the big pond. You've got to do the same mm-hmm. thing with joy. And if if you if you're in a spot in life where you're just truly Like unsettled, you're not content, whether that's you're working a job you're not into, you're living in a place you're not into, your relationships are broken, whatever that is, like whatever that is, like the best way to change that is by just changing your surroundings. And I'm not saying you need to pick up and move, just go find people, go find people who are doing that. Like I have a Dude, I have a friend who you would love, bro. You would froth him. His really? name is Dan Jacket. He is the biggest legend <laughs> I have ever met in my life and Jacket. I'll have to get Dan, Dan Jacket. Jacket. You'll have to Dude, I'm get actually going to have here, I'm actually going to have Dan on my podcast to talk about joy because Dan Jacket is like honestly mm-hmm. the most fired up human being I've ever met in my life. He is everything I want to be on steroids and I love it. And so really, I've only actually known Dan. it's hard
0: to believe, dude,
1: you got to meet Dan jacket, bro. I've only known Dan honestly now for maybe three years, not maybe two years. And Dan and I met up one time because he was like, he took the leap of faith and he was like, yo, I love your Instagram. I think you're really cool. Let's go surfing. And he's, he surfs. And I was like, yeah, bro, you seem like a sick dude. Let's go surfing. And I I kid you not. We were surfing near my house and he drove like two and a half hours to get there or two hours or whatever. Cause he picked somebody else up and we get like, I'm there, I'm suited up. I'm ready to get in the water. And he, he gets out of his car. And he's just like, bro, what's up? Dude, thank you so much for bringing me here. Oh, the waves are pumping. Like the waves aren't even pumping that hard, but he's just so fired up. He's like, bro, he's hugging me. And I'm just like, I've never met this dude in my life. He's just hugging me. He's like, yes, let's get out there. He's suited up in his wetsuit, which if you've ever put on a thick wetsuit, that is hard. He's suited up like faster than I had ever seen anything. And he's out there. He's like, let's get her done. Like he's just so fired up all the time. And I was like, this is like, I, I I just clung onto his energy and it was, um, it was an amazing day. And Dan and I kept hanging out. And one thing that I realized was that that's just Dan. That wasn't a circumstantial thing where it was like, he, he was trying to put that on. He's just always like that. And it is the most... Like, honestly, dude, when you hang out with Dan Jacket, you have, like, so much hope for humanity. You're like, if only there was more Dans like this. Like, Dan right. just makes the world go round. And, like... it's it's just it's just insane and like fast forward I'm in his wedding party this summer like it's gonna be a blast like he's getting married to a beautiful girl who's also amazing her name's Georgia and I know I'm getting super detail oriented here but anyways like it's it's just yeah I, I surrounded so the more I surround myself with Dan and the more I become Dan for other people and show them that joy is a choice and show them that there's so much fruitfulness in life when you just choose joy the more I can be that the same way that Dan was that joy there for me just in that simple scenario where he was just overly stoked Mm -hmm. and I was just like yes like I I just need this this is so good Um, and I was a very joyful person before that but he just took it to another level the more I can do that like I don't know man that's just what I feel so called to do and so for anybody who's not there and for anybody who's like seriously struggling, struggling to find like purpose, or they're seriously struggling to find like any kind of passion in their life anymore. And they're just like, so down and out, just, just seriously evaluate who you're around. And and if it's not a healthy spot, like you said, when you were younger, like you weren't hanging around people who were inspiring you, just switch it up, switch right. it up. And right. everything changes. Everything changes.
0: I love that. Yeah. I think that's so true. And it's almost coming from my own experiences, when you meet someone like that, it's, it's very overwhelming when you were in that like kind of isolated, darker place. And when you meet someone like that, it's like, whoa, like stay away from me. But over time, um, you know, that those feelings are, are so contagious and yeah, totally, absolutely love that. Um, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I actually want to kind of wrap this up since we've been on here for an hour. And that's kind of what we said we would do. What I want to end this with is a goal of yours that you are trying to achieve which is like i think is so fucking cool mm. and that is giving twenty thousand dollars by well you're 20 years old giving twenty thousand dollars at age 20 yeah um where did you come up with this why did you want to do it and um has it been has it been tough for you
1: oh man um yeah so this is something I love <laughs> talking about um, and not talking about in a way where I, I want to like bring the bring it all like round round it up towards me like it's a very external thing and that's why I'm doing it uh, you know I feel mm-hmm. like I've been blessed with the ability to make money at a young age and make a higher dollar than a lot of the people my age and so um just like more info on me I don't even know if you know this but I know a lot of people that follow me know this, but like, um, I'm, I, I'd consider myself a Christian. I've got a personal relationship with, with God and with Jesus. And like, I think that's super dope, but it's not in like a weird way. I know like, you know, in our Western world, a lot of that gets very skewed and like very weird, but, but that's just me. That's, that's who I am. That's -hmm. what I wish for everybody. Uh, and I think that's where a lot of my joy comes from, but, um, so a lot of, a lot of my strength and a lot of my confidence comes from that in, in who I, who I know I am. Cause I, 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 believe that I was made in the image of God. I believe that you were, I believe that everybody was made in the image of God and, and that, um, you know, we're, we're supposed to be in a relationship with him, which is just like the coolest thing ever. But the whole, the whole giving thing stems from that because I feel like I've been blessed by him. Uh, like I said, to make money. Um, and I, am not, I'm not in need of all this money. I, so I just feel like I'm being called to, to give some of it away. Uh, um, where the 20 came from originally, it was it came from this, uh, and all everything I just mentioned, I'll, I'll wrap up with this because it's all going to tie into what I just mentioned. But originally, I was like, Oh, yeah. I'm 20 years old, it would be insane to give 20,000 dollars at 20 years old. Like, that's just cooked. <laughs> like, I, I can't imagine doing that, and it's still hard for me to imagine so dope. to do that, but. Um, that it, I, it kind of came just as a joke. I was like, Whoa, that, that's just kind of ironic. That would be fun. That would be really cool. Mm-hmm. I know that would that could really have some impact on somebody like $20,000. Um, again, I haven't decided how I want to do it, uh, some people, like, I know Chris said on his story, he's like, oh, like Joey's going to give $20,000 to charity. Like, bro, I don't even know if I'm going to give it to charity. Like, I know if I give it to charity, I get 29% back, but like, that's not yeah. why I'm giving. I'm not giving so I can get a tax return. Like I, I want to give because I want to help. Um, so I might like, <laughs> right, I right. straight up might just give like 20 K to like someone I feel needs 20 K. Like, I don't know. I haven't figured out how I want to do this. Wow. And I, I don't want to plan something. I want it to be very organic and I want to be it to be like a miracle moment. Like I feel like I was put in the right place at the right time to impact someone and help somebody yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. how i want it to go down um right but the only reason why so first you said you know what's that feel like does it scare you like that it's terrifying twenty thousand dollars is <laughs> yeah. like is a good amount of money and like that's a lot of that's money. terrifying a lot. but here's how it wraps back into my faith um you know Biblically speaking and and I don't want to get too much into this, but like the Bible calls us and God calls us to to uh to not lean on our own strength but lean on him. And you know, if I gave if I gave five thousand dollars to somebody, like I know I can cover that. I can cover that. Like yeah. come on, like, yeah, that's that's it's easy, I can do that. But giving twenty K, that's when I'm like, holy crap, like, can I cover that? And so my goal is to do that because I want to have to lean into into God and lean on him for his strength rather than my own strength. And so that's why the goal is 20K and that's why it's going to happen. Whether I make $80,000 this year, whether I make $200,000 this year, whether I make $50,000 this year, it's, it's still going to happen and it's happening because I've, I've yeah. committed to it. Um, and it's 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 a humbling process and that's why I'm doing it. I think it, there's never a time where we're trying to humble yourself is a bad thing. Um, you know, I don't think you could ever do that too much. And that's something that, um, you know, like I said, growing up, I, I was not a humble kid. Like I, I really had to work towards humility um, and it's something that I strive for every day. And so this is just a big step for me in that process and something that I'm stoked on. So that's kind of where it comes from. Um, that's kind of where I'm at with mm. it. That's why it scares the crap out of me, but I'm okay with it scaring the crap out of me um, because that's why I'm doing yeah. it.
0: Wow. That's incredible. I think, I think that's a great place to end right there. Mm. You are an amazing human being. I think so many people can learn from you, not just your work, your photos, your films like are just mind blowing, but, but more of just like your, the way you think about life is mm. super contagious. And I think a lot of people can learn from you. So, um, where can uh, where can people find you follow you yeah. um, see your work yeah um, so you're mainly Instagram right
1: yeah so I do I do a lot of stuff on Instagram it's just at Joey Spears so it's J-O-E-Y S-P-E-E-R-S I'm not related to Brittany yep. um, it's not E-A it's E-E that's too bad and uh, that's too bad, uh, most <laughs> importantly I think like if you if I'm just gonna talk to the people listening for a second if you have gotten anything out of this please let me know message me like I, I love I've, I know I've said this a ton of times but I love conversing with people like I love conversation mm-hmm. I love community and I love just like even if you disagree with me I, I still want to talk to you I, I won't bite like I because if you disagree with me maybe yeah maybe there's something that I can shift in my own life and like I would forever thank you for that so I would love to have that conversation with you guys so please please come talk to me um, and then yeah like I said I've got that podcast coming out called It's Not a Wall It's a Hurdle where it's just going to be talking about stuff like this every time like super yeah. deep stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. that actually to me means something um and and we're gonna go with that so that's where you can find me uh and i, okay. I hope to see y'all there i would really love to connect with people
0: well we'll we'll shut out the podcast once it let me know once it comes yeah. out and then uh and then yeah we'll shout it out and get get some people over to you <laughs> sweet bro Thank you so much, man. Yeah, Thanks man. for listening, everybody. Yeah, if you're and, still here with us, I uh, yeah. appreciate it. I know
1: Zach and I can just ramble, so so. cheers for, for sticking with us. Absolutely. Man. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Catch you in the next one. Peace.